It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us. Hi, Howard. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Yeah, it's good to hear from you, Howard. How you been? Everything all right? Things are good. Yeah, you? Yeah, we're doing well. Oh, Jake, Jake. Uh, let me just say this to you, Howard. You know, I, I had never seen him ever, seen him or heard him say anything about being a Washington Nationals fan. And then about two and a half weeks ago, he started wearing this this Nats hat, and he hasn't taken it off since. So I, You're just jealous we won. <laughs> that's it. I don't know. I think he's a bandwagoner, but that's all right. So he's in a good mood. I am in a good mood. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Howard, Gordon and I were just talking about what a wild week it's been uh, in the NBA. What has been the most impactful thing that's happened this week? Oh, my gosh. Um, the most impactful thing? Um, I mean, it may end up being the suspensions from that uh, fight. And I'll put fight in quote marks because, you know, I think we all have been around long enough to know what a real NBA fight looks like. And that was just kind of like a, you know little kitty wrestling match. Um, but that said, they were fortunate to have gotten off with only a couple of games each, and there's going to be an impact because, you know, Philly's a team that is, you know, going to be fighting all year for, for seeding and, you know, is, is not going to want to be giving away games, and Embiid is incredibly critical to them, and Minnesota's hoping just to, to get respectable again and, and maybe make a run at the eighth seed, and losing towns for any period of time uh, is obviously incredibly detrimental to that team. So, you know that's on on the negative side. On the positive side, I mean, um, I'll be I'll be be prisoner of the moment here, but I'm I'm standing at Barclays Center where the Rockets and Nets are going to play in a little while here, and I think the, the Rockets off to obviously a really strong start with Harden and Westbrook. I was in you know the the uh, camp of of you know skeptics about that partnership, and I'm I'm still kind of withholding judgment overall, but. Certainly, the early returns for them have been very strong. Not just the win loss, but just the way they looked on the court. They're they're um, playing really well together. Westbrook has dialed it back just slightly, but is um, playing at an efficiency level that we have rarely seen him at. And we'll see how that all holds up. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And then uh, you know, obviously, you know, Steph Curry's hand injury is is going to be you know news of the day, news of the week news of, of the foreseeable future because, you know, uh, you know when a, a, a top-five player goes down, no matter what the Warriors' expectations were this year, that's a, uh, a pretty big blow, not just for the Warriors, but for the NBA and for fans because, you know, we're, we're all going to get robbed of, of seeing him playing for the next three months at least, and then we'll see how they handle it when he gets back and if there's any season really to play for. What do you make of I, I guess the owner out there said there's no way they would ever tank, but uh, what do you think they will do? Because, uh, I mean, they at, as presently constituted, they might win, what, 22 games? Well, look, I mean, uh, here's, the, here's the problem. We, we've all uh, created this paradigm or this, this prism that we, we view the NBA through over the last several years where if a team isn't contending – or in the playoffs or in a playoff chase, we immediately consign them to the list of tankers. And it, like, we're, we're all using that word way too cavalierly. Um, there are teams every year that are simply not good enough to win, right? Like the Cavaliers 
speaking of cavalierly, the Cavaliers are just not a good team. We're not going to talk about the Cavaliers tanking. They're just, they just don't have great personnel, and they're really young, and they're still kind of picking up the pieces from LeBron leaving a year plus ago. Um, but the, like the Warriors, it's not a question of whether they're going to tank. They have a, a, a questionable roster, and they had a questionable roster even with Steph Curry healthy. The drop-off from him, Draymond Green, and D'Angelo Russell to the rest of that group was steep. And we saw that in those early results and in their first few games. So step out doesn't mean that you all of a sudden, well, that's it. We're going to cash out. We're going to tank. No, they're, 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 they're going to lose a ton of games just based on what they have and what they don't have. They don't have to try to. They don't have to scheme it. They don't have to um, rest guys or pull other guys. They're just, by, based on the roster alone, they're simply not going to be very good, and they're going to lose a lot of games and they will probably have a, a great lottery position as a result. But it doesn't mean they're tanking. It just means that their roster is not good. And um, now, when Steph is ready to come back, if you decide to, to hold him out because you don't want to risk it, and you know whether it's his health or whether it's you're now thinking about how it's going to affect your lottery position, okay, well, then that can be fairly called a tanking discussion if it's about whether or not to play him when he's ready. Um, but... You know, where it affects, say, Clay Thompson. Well, Clay Thompson already was going to be on a very short return if he was going to play at all after that ACL. And most guys don't come back till 10 to 12 months, and that would have already left Clay Thompson not playing. So there was, there was never a reason to rush him back, and there certainly isn't now. Um, but I, I don't really think that this has a, a, an effect on how the Warriors are thinking about their season, other than whatever hope they had of making the playoffs certainly just went out the window. I like that distinction, Howard, because they can compete honorably and still lose. I mean, and, and, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's okay. So No, we've gotten too cynical, everybody. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, of course, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, the Jazz have started out 4-1, and one, and Mike Conley really had a, a breakout game uh, for the last game against the Clippers. But how, um, I guess, uh, the Jazz able to get off to this start without him playing at his best? That's probably a good sign, right? Certainly a good sign. I mean, look, the only way that it's a negative sign would be if people start to wonder like, or, or observe that, that Mike Conley, is, is, that his game or his, his, um, his abilities are degrading because he's got a lot of mileage and he's up there in years. Like a guy, a guard gets to this stage of their career, you're always worried about and wondering about when is the season going to be or the week going to be that they just aren't themselves anymore. So the only way to, to paint it in a negative light would be to say, well, are, are, gee, we're not there yet, are we? I hope we're not there yet. Um, and I don't think that I don't think that's the case, and I haven't heard any murmurings along those lines. Um, but that's you know that's always a concern. I think overall, it's not surprising to me to see that they can win with uh, one of their top players underperforming because that has been the mo of this team the last several years under Quinn Snyder is that you know that they're going to compete their butts off and they're going to play great defense, and if you do those things then you can sometimes get by when your offense isn't that great. And when we're talking about Mike Conley off to a slow start, we're talking about the offensive side of it. So, uh, yeah, to me, this is a a very typical Utah Jazz profile where the offense might not always be there, but they're going to win games just on their grit and on their defense. And, you know, as his game comes around, you're, you're that much better off. 
Howard, uh, three things about the Jazz. Uh, Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. The second thing is that Boyan Bogdanovich is more a more a more complete player than I think a lot of us thought he was. Uh, not just a spot up shooter, but he can move a little bit and drive to the basket and pass it. And then the third thing is that Donovan Mitchell said he wanted to become more effective, more efficient, and he has done so thus far. Yeah, you know, on the Bogdanovich side of this, if people watched him with the Pacers last year, um, you know, when when Oladipo was not available and Bogdanovich was, you know, really, you know, suddenly the, you know, the, 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 a, a main, if, if not the main focal point of the offense, you saw the, those abilities. Like, he can score uh, a, a ton. He's not just a shooter. He can score in a variety of ways, and he can handle the ball some. Um, and he just competes. And, you know, that's why everybody, you know, myself included, thought it was such a great pickup for, for the Jazz and why he fits so well there. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, I, I think the expectations are, are, are what we've talked about. That, you know, he's, he's got the benefit now of, of Mike Conley there to at least take some of the playmaking responsibilities, lift a little bit of that burden, free him to be more of, of you know, off the ball player at times and a score. Um, and, you know, I, I, I expect, you know, as this season progresses, we're just going to see, you know, the, him get better and better. And when I say better, I don't, you know, he, we already know what he can do, but I mean more efficient, um, better with the ball in his hands, better decision-making, uh, all the things that, that go into just being a really solid guard in this league. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, has anybody start, either positive or negative, but has any team start the, thus far this year surprised you? Um, I'm a little surprised at the Kings uh, off to this, this very sluggish start. And, you know, there's a team with a bunch of guys who you count on to be really great shooters, and they're all shooting below their their expectations. Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and, and, and the other Bogdanovich. Um, doesn't help that Marvin Bagley is out again. That's certainly setting you know a setback for them, and I think he's critical to them if they're going to try to make a playoff run. Um, but they also started their preseason in India, and there is often a hangover for teams that start off overseas, especially when you're going that far. And you know Luke Walton has talked about this, and obviously he's a first-year head coach there. He's you know trying to install his own stuff, and they had I think three days to even try to install anything, train and get accustomed to it all before they went off to, to India for that game. And so, uh, you know, I think the Kings will be fine. I, I think it's a really talented young team and they'll straighten it out. But I, I think there's, there's, you know, some alarm there. And then uh, back in my own backyard here again, the Nets off to a slow start. Kyrie's been spectacular, but the results have not been there in terms of the wins. And there's a lot of things that work there. I think not least of which is that, they, you know, the defense isn't quite there. They're adjusting to the fact that Kyrie's such a high-usage player. The last couple of years when we've gotten used to this net team just being kind of a gritty overachiever, they didn't have any one ball-dominant guy. Even D'Angelo Russell wasn't at that level. And so it's not to say it's a negative necessarily, but it is an adjustment for all these guys. What did you think of the whole mood swing thing with Kyrie Irving and him essentially coming out and saying, "Hey, man, I don't have to, I don't have to please anybody. I'm just going to be me." Well, to start with, the story I think got you know, as it often does in today's media environment, got uh, just exaggerated a bit or just blown out of proportion. I mean, Jackie McMullen, obviously one of the best NBA reporters ever, 
and her story was about a hundred different things that had nothing to do with Kyrie and his mood. It was more about, and the structure of the story or the broad strokes of the story were about Kyrie and Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan and their friendship and where that started and how those three came together to, to join forces on this team. And, you know, along the way, it's also, hey, there is this test of, of you know, Kyrie and the big personality that he is and, and how that's going to mesh. And he and KD both, frankly, mesh with this Nets culture that they built the last couple of years. And so that's, you know, that's the context for the, the story or the, uh, the part about him being moody. Um, look, there are plenty of guys in the NBA who are moody. <laughs> there are plenty of stars who are moody. Um, not all of them necessarily get the same scrutiny, but not all of them have, have, have Kyrie's track record. And, you know, that's something he just has to kind of live with. And I'm sure he gets tired of it being talked about. And, you know, uh, but I, I, it's not the reason that they're one in three. You know, and the fact the story came out at the time that that this was that their their record was at that point is coincidence. You know, if you read the story, you can see Jackie's been working on this thing for weeks, if not longer, and it happened to pop at a time that they were losing. If they were, you know, three and one or four and zero, oh, you know, the story would be the same content, but people would interpret it differently based on the win loss record. Final question for you, Howard. You mentioned that your observations about the Rockets. Any other thoughts on what you're seeing in the West? Is this uh, you think this is going to end up being about the way you thought it would? Any team that's impressed you or that you think might not be uh, up to the hype that uh, everyone's heard about? What do you think of uh, what's happening out here? I think it's pretty much what we're all anticipating. Like at this point, it's still to me. Lakers and Clippers, Jazz and Nuggets, Rockets, and then there's everybody else. Portland is like, I think, a strong sixth there, but I think it's a true five-way battle, and they're all very, very different teams, and we're not going to really know how they stack up against each other until the games that they play each other or in the spring when they're actually having to win best out of seven against each other. Um, But to me, nothing I've seen so far has dissuaded me from believing that the pecking order – at least at the top, is, is you know is, is what we thought it would be, and I still you know I was one who thought that the Clippers should be the preseason favorite. Um, so far, so good for them. They don't even have Paul George yet, and they've been pretty damn good. Um, but you know we've already seen Kawhi do the load management thing. We don't know how many more games that will be over the course of the season either. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think so far things are mostly playing to form. Um, even even teams that are like over or underachieving a little bit. It's such a small sample size that it's almost laughable to, 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 to judge any of it. Howard, always a pleasure. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, good to, man. Hear, good to hear from you again, Howard. Appreciate it, fellas. Great talking to you. Take care. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report, one of our absolute very favorites. Yeah, yeah he's, very, uh, he's very good, very insightful. All of our NBA Daily Assist guys are good. Yeah. And certainly highlights not to be missed. All right, we'll have more coming up right around the corner. Jay Drew of the Deseret News, which I'm still getting used to, is going to join us uh, next. Kirk Cragthorpe at 530. What, you look like you've got something on your mind over there. No, What's no going nothing. On? I'm just all ears. Can't wait to talk it's, to the guys. Usually when you have that look on your face, it means batting down the hatches, something's coming. You all right over there? Yeah, I think I might have had a little gas. Oh. On that note, so glad there's glass right here. Uh, we want to say thanks to Lee's Heating and Air for sponsoring your NBA Daily Assist. Thanks to those good folks. All right, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.